PCA Conversations with Black Voices. Welcome to Between the Pew. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. AAM exists to provide ways to support African Americans within the Presbyterian Church in America. Yo, 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 what's going on, family? It's your boy Charles McKnight here, back with another fire episode of Between the Pew. And I got my homegirl with me today, the fabulous, the illustrious, young, black, and gifted producer co-host, Janelle Chavis. My sister, how are you feeling today? I was trying to hold my laughing. You can't hold it. I'm trying to make you laugh. I said, let me me at least hold my breath for a little while so he can get his intro out. (laughs) What's good, bro? I'm chilling. They don't put me in the driver's seat tonight, so y'all buckle up a little bit, all right? I am excited to have the opportunity to chop it up between the pew today with my brother, Jerome Douglas. So Jerome, in the famous words of Martin, I said Jerome in the house. I said Jerome Jerome in the house. house. Watch your mouth without a doubt. Well, I right. that's it, bro. <laughs> Listeners, Welcome. I wish y'all could see this, man. I wish y'all could see it. We need to get yeah, some, some visuals oh, yeah. on here. Oh, yeah. I'm turned I'm turned tonight, y'all. Uh, welcome to the pod, my dude, Jerome and his wife, Dr. Annalise. Let me say that that's again. Right. Jerome and his wife. Let me say this again. Dr. Annalise <laughs> and her husband, mm-hmm. Jerome. Oh, yeah. MD, y'all. MD. <laughs> and and uh, MD, throw that on the back of it. And they have a new baby girl, December. How old yep. is December, Ron? Seven months. Seven, seven months. months. It's a beautiful thing. They all live in Hartford, Connecticut. Rome is currently a student at Reformed Theological Seminary down in Orlando, pursuing his MDiv. Mm-hmm. Um, the brother stays busy working full time in brand marketing. Um, and he's also a pastoral intern at Christ Community Presbyterian Church. Shout out to the family at Christ Community. Shout out. Yep. Rome, welcome. Welcome. Man, welcome. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, we happy to be with you and have you here. Uh, so go ahead, let's just dive in. Tell the folks a little something, something by yourself. Where you from? Who your mama, them? Church background, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, of course. Um, I grew up in DC. Um, born and raised there, spent all my hey. life in DC. Um, I actually met my. Uh, I got a best friend named Gabriel who introduced me to the Lord there, and um, I started going to a Bible study out at UMD, and his cousin started the same Bible study on Howard's campus. So I came on down back to DC to help him with that. And that's why I met my wife. So I met Annalise at the very first Bible study we had at Howard University's um, campus. Um, and yeah, man, once, once you know, she was like, I'm going back home from medical school. You know, it was cheaper for me to do and stay. I was like, all right, man, I'm going to follow you down. You know, I was, <laughs> that's right. I had just gotten saved. I was like six months into the faith, just outside, you know, trying to figure out life. And when I got the opportunity to leave DC for a little bit to go get my undergrad, I said, man, I'm going to take it. And so I followed her down in Mississippi. And um, while she was doing medical school at uh, Ole Miss, I was at Jackson State. And man, honestly, that's when like my, my walk really, I would say, jumped, you know, exponentially. And so while, while I was a Christian, I was walking faithfully, man, in D.C., man. I, it wasn't until I got with the youth director at Annalise's church at New Hope, New Hope Baptist Church. So shout out to Jim Adams. Mm-hmm. And um, he put me on with Elvin McGowan. Um, hey, hold on. Got to pause. So many shout, out, shout, out. Pause. shout out to the bishop. <laughs> you know we got to shout him out. Yeah, bishop L. <laughs> shout him out. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So, so you know, we're, we're in Mississippi. And like I said, the youth director, Jim Adams, 
like, hey man, you're gonna be on campus. I know a guy who, who can, you know, who can help you out while you're on campus. And so he introduced me to L. I mean, L, L and I just hit it off. He was just mm-hmm. transparent, down to earth dude that love the Lord. And I can I got with that quick. Um, and so I started to go to RUF. I mean, that was pretty much really, I feel like where I feel like, you know, back when I was in DC, it was very charismatic, very flamboyant type of faith. And then mm-hmm. when I got to RUF, I got a chance to um, couple that with just solid theology. I feel like that's how I explain my walk. Man, I, I kind of had this, you know, very emotional, which is fine, uh, experience in DC. But when I got to RUF, man, L really showed me how to do it the right way. So I, I appreciate it. And because I got the, you know, I was going to school, you know, a little later in life. I started undergrad. I was like 20. I was the same age as all the interns there. So Trey, Cyril. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. because of that, I was able to go to like Elle's house after, you know, yeah. after school yeah. sometimes and <laughs> 12 guys around the fire pit, uh, reading the Bible, talking. You know, Elle had dudes from the seminary and come, you know, come out and, um, you know, walk us through the scriptures, you know, and, and teach us about biblical theology, Old Testament mm-hmm. stuff. And so, man, if you can imagine, man, this, I would say, man, like four months before that, I'm just, I'm just in D.C. just hanging out. And now I'm sitting around the fire pit talking about the Lord. Mm. And that was that was a good fruitful time for me. And um, yeah, man, that's pretty, pretty much how my four years went, you know, being full all in RUF and then helping out at the at the at the New Hope Baptist Church as a um, as a, not the youth director, but one of the youth leaders, you know, with the Bible study there. Um, yeah, once we graduated, you know, I, I got a job at Johnson and Johnson and my wife got a got her residency at Rutgers University. So she was in residency up here in New, Jer- in New Jersey. And yeah, man, we started working. We got we got a chance to find our first church together because um, when we was in Mississippi, we was going to our home church. Mm-hmm. We went to New Jersey. We got a chance to find our first church together. We went to an Acts 29 church called Church at Bergen. And, you know, really, that's when, like, I, I was able to really flex a lot of the gifts thing and the, and the training I got from RUF. So I became, like, a, um, a small group leader there. I was a part of their little pastoral cohort at Church at Bergen. And it wasn't until 2020 where I felt like I had my, I feel like I, feel like I accepted my call to ministry. Um, mm. so I had, I had sort of been playing with that for a while and I talked to, I talked to Cyril about it for, for mm-hmm. a little bit too. And Cyril gave me this book called, uh, and my call, I think it's by, I think it's by a clowny. I think it's the clowny book he gave me. And then I think right beginning, right when the pandemic started, um, I'm like, man, Lord, I, I finally reached the, the, the role I wanted, you know, working at Johnson and Johnson, I'm in sales and doing a marketing program at the same time. And, um, I'm in the role I wanted, but I feel like things aren't necessarily complete for me. Uh, is this something more you want me to do? And I and that book was like like on my on my table at the point. And uh, I picked it up and read it. I was like, you know what? I guess this is. I guess this is how I feel. I do feel called the ministry. I remember uh, when, when. So Cyril has been trying to get you to be in ministry, probably like the moment he met you. I'm sure because I remember much. so <laughs> many conversations he had back in Jackson when he was like, man, just just do it, man. And I know you were like worried about some other things. You're like, ah, you know, there's, you know, things I got to do, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's, it's actually, it's actually full circle that we're at this moment right now, because I remember yeah. the conversations that we had and I want you to talk more about that, but I want to go back for just a second and talk about yep. uh, when you got married to Annalise. So you got married to, what year was it that you got married to Annalise? 2014. Okay, 2014. And I remember that um, I met you already married when I first met you. And mm-hmm. I'm, Charles this is actually kind of interesting. So when Rome and Annalise got married, they got married around the same time that like four was it four other black couples. Yeah, it was, it was like, Trey yeah. and Carlin. 
Uh, um, Jeremy, Kendra, Jeremy, you, and yeah, yeah, and, and but it was, it was like it's like four of us. I can remember. Four, yeah, about four black, black couples. Y'all were down and, in Jackson. Down in yep. Jackson, and they okay. all got Listen, the same you time. hold on a second. You you in marketing, ain't you wrong? Yep. Okay, you, you we need to figure out how to um, market um, Jackson water and uh, <laughs> sell it. Oh my gosh! We need That's to sell that. That's like a thing. We need to sell that. Bring me for spring because like that, and call it and call it uh, what are we gonna call it? black love. No, no, not the water. We got to pick another liquid because Jackson water. <laughs> oh, don't go there! Don't go there! All right, I got off. Go ahead, go ahead. I can, uh, I can say that because I grew up in Mississippi. I, the, the, mm, not, let's not do the water. Let's find something else. But anyway, Lord. So, <laughs> it's a boil water alert every other week. Anyways, um, so yeah, they got married all around the same time. Cyril and I got married later. We got married. Y'all got married in 2014. We got married in 2016. But we really wanted to be a part of the group. Because all of them got married around the same time and they had a name. They were called the what y'all call the Ringsman Kingsman or something. Oh yeah, Ringsman Kingsman. Ringsman. Let's oh, go. These dudes. Why <laughs> black people like, gotta do that? Why like, we always gotta come up with a name for something? <laughs> Look at y'all. Ringsman Kingsman. But they were like take pictures together with their wedding rings and I was Ooh. Mm-hmm. and but Cyril and I weren't that. married yet. And we we're like, damn, we want to be a part of the crew, you know. So, anyways, I, I love I, it. I, I say all that just to bring up the fact that you got married. You, you got married relatively, you know, young, if you will. What was that like getting married and like still being? Had you had you graduated yet? No, nah, I was in my yeah. what? I was finishing my first year, or might be going in my second year of college. Yeah. Yeah. What What was that like being married? Young. Yeah. So we what twenty? I was twenty years old. My wife was twenty one, I believe, when we got married. Yeah. Um, I know we both were twenty one because it's December. It was, you know, honestly, it wasn't, um, it wasn't too bad because we got a chance to grow up and do a lot of things together. I think the, I think the thing that really was pushing us was, you know, we felt like we were, you know, called to be together. We liked mm-hmm. each other. We had made this big commitment to, you know, to be in Mississippi together. Only thing that really was getting in our way was money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and my mentor sent me down was like, Hey man, look, you like her. She likes you, you know? You guys are going, growing in the Lord together, and we were struggling with some stuff, some stuff too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, "Man, you know, money, money is not necessarily in the Bible for a barrier to get married. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's wise, it's wise to save, and you should. Um, but if that's not what you can do right now, and, and you guys for that, for that need, and, and you guys for for calling that, you should do it." And so we took the leap. Funny, funny enough, I um, I went to her mom, and I was like, "Hey, you know." I want to get married. I want to marry your daughter. And she was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but we want to do it at the justice of peace because we don't got no money. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, um, yeah, you know, I you know, I, I want you to marry my daughter. I think I think you're a good guy, but my daughter's not getting married to Justice Peace. <laughs> hey, mom, let her know. <laughs> not my baby. Um, but she did, you know, man, Annalise's mom was probably one of the most godly women I know. Um, um she, she's a doctor she was, too, right? Isn't she? She's a doctor. Yeah. yeah, she's an allergist. And um she she not only said, Hey, I don't want that to be the route for her, but I'm gonna I'm gonna foot the bill for you. So she paid wow. for the whole wedding. Um and and, and I was my friends and family down, man. So that was a blessing, man. And yeah. so I, I say, man, you know, having that family support was big, but also having, you know, other couples around us was big too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as hard as it could be because we had a lot of, you know, a lot of accountability, a lot of fellowship around us. And we had wise folks like Elle and my mm-hmm. mentor who were folks that we can look up to that was really helping us go in the right, right way. We did like, man. What six seven months of premarital counseling? We did mm. we did premarital counseling with L too. We said we had like two mm-hmm. sides. We had two different couples doing premarital counseling with us. So 
we were really prepared uh, for yeah. marriage. And we still use a lot of that for the day. So yeah. I feel like, you know, for most young couples, yeah, I see why that might be uh, uh, something they hesitate to do. But, man, we were really prepared. So I, I grateful, I'm grateful for, to God for that. Mm, that's, that's good. Beautiful, bro. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to back up just a little bit. You talked a little bit about your family. But what was the <clears throat> church church situation growing up? Y'all go to church? What was all that about? Nah. Yeah, man, you know, <laughs> and, you know, honestly, the way I like to think about it is like, man, I feel like we were Christians culturally. Um, yeah. This is what we, what we did, you know. I think it was one. I think it was one podcast that we, you guys were talking about. Um, I think it was um, who was it? Someone said, you know, it, you know, being in the covenant was well, is pretty much. Hey, if you live at grandma's house, you're gonna be going. To oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, I think you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I feel like that was like a lot of my 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 church experience was. You know, my mom was. You know, she went to church most Sundays, and my grandfather was a preacher. Um, and you know, a lot of my family went to church. And so, yeah, we grew up going to church. We grew up singing gospel music getting cleaned up on Saturdays, like most black families, a lot of black families. Um, and so the reason why I say it was culturally Christian is because even though we did that, you know, during the week, it just didn't look like that, you know, mm-hmm. growing, now that I'm older and I, now I have a better understanding of what the faith looks like, you know, as I look back, you know, I think about how my mom and my, or my, or my cousins and my aunt's lifestyle looked outside of Sunday, just didn't match up where they were praising God for on that on that week. Um so yeah, so I think that's sort of how how I think about it. It's like a cultural thing where we did it. It was part of who we were, but it wasn't something that you often just practice during the week. It was, you know, hey, God loves you, God forgives you. It was a very um very lax view of the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but it was real. good though. I mean it gave me good foundations. I mean I, I was listening to some music today, man. I was like, man, this song that my mom sung to us, you know, Growing up, and I was Yolanda Adams opened my heart. You know, I was listening to that on the way down to work today. That thing I have you slain. That have you slain. I I was asleep when it's on. I was. I texted. I was like, I can taste the cream of wheat as I'm singing this song. It's crazy how. Come on, cream of wheat. Yes. I'm grateful for my family, man. But you know, I think there was an opportunity for them to you know really live out the faith a little bit better. Yeah. What what can you were starting to talk about this earlier, but as we move forward about how you decided to pursue seminary and how you felt called to um, gospel ministry, what were some of the influences um, aside from the book that in in or I should say in addition to the book that you were talking about the Am I Called? But um, yeah, talk about how you felt called. What what were sort of some people of influence? What led you to pursuing uh, formal seminary training? Yeah, you know, internally it was the feeling of man, I I really love the Bible, um, mm-hmm. and I really love studying it. And on top of that, I love teaching other people about it. <laughs> I just I, I still to this day get a kick uh, out of taking someone from not understanding a, a biblical text to making it a little bit clearer. For, mm. um, and I felt like that was unique. Uh, a lot of my friends didn't have that. Not saying that that was a bad thing. Um, I think everyone should, you know, definitely aspire to towards something like that. Um, but I feel like that was unique about me and that I I love the scriptures. I love teaching it. I love learning about it. Um, and I, I think that was like the the key thing for me was like, man, I want to teach the Bible. And the reason why I was so hesitant in the beginning, because I'm like, man, I want to be an elder. I didn't really think I could be a pastor. I didn't really think I could be a pastor, wanted to be a mm. pastor. Mm-hmm. Just because of the the baggage that I've seen growing up with being a pastor, I didn't really understand what I didn't understand anything outside of a baptistic sort of view of church. 
the one head okay. guy running the show. Um, and so that's what I thought about when I thought about being a pastor. I had no idea of anything, any other way uh, that you can, you know, do church government, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when I felt like I had this unique type of feeling towards the Bible and, and this unique, you know, desire to teach it, I, I thought that there was some sort of, you know, staring up by God to do something with it. I felt like I couldn't waste that. And I, so I tried to exercise that a little bit at RUF, right? I was a student leader, you know, I, you know, I did a men's group with them. Even when I was at, you know, New, Help, New Hope Baptist Church, I was leading like a youth, youth group for yeah. four years. Um, so I tried to exercise some of that, that desire in me. And, you know, meeting with Cyril, meeting with Elle, meeting with Trey, and even having that book, that really gave me words to what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, one of the first things that I did is sort of confirm how I felt and not just, you know, just had this by myself is I follow the book's direction. I check my wife. I'm like, Lise, mm-hmm. you know, I feel this, I feel this, I feel like I'm called to ministry. Amen. You know, I feel like I have a unique gift. Um, I feel like, you know, some of the things that, you know, Paul talks about in terms of what it looks like to be um, called the ministry, that those, that those characteristics. What do you think? Because <laughs> you like mm-hmm. that and I'm like, you know, clearly you, you're closest to me. And she said something to me that was, you know, shocking. She would say, you know, hey, the minute I met you, I already knew you were going to be a pastor. I was really waiting for you to come around to it. Okay, and like, oh, All right. <laughs> that, was, uh-huh. that was helpful. I checked in with my pastors um, at the time. You know, I'm like, hey, man, and this is what, I, this is what I've been reading. This is how I'm feeling. How you guys feel? And they were like, hey, we affirm that. We see that in you. Clearly, we've been, you know, had you a part of the pastoral cohort where we were building sermons and we were, mm-hmm. um, you know, leading different, you know, groups together, whatever. Um, so th- that was part of it. And I checked in with my close friends. Hey, guys, what do y'all think? You know, y'all have spent time with me. Y'all see me in, day in and day out. Like, mm-hmm. am I like this normally? And they were like, oh, pretty much, yeah. And so that that, that was really was like the, the the initial part of like my my, my calling is that this internal desire, mm-hmm. checking with the folks that were closer to me, checking with my, my pastors. And now it's, you know, now it's sort of just training. You know, I, I checked, I called Elle, was like, man, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. What you think? And, you know, the first advice he gave me was like, hey, don't just jump straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. want to gradually take your wife through that because it's a it's a it's a hard change for everybody in, in the process. So he's like, hey, I recommend you go get trained and the Lord going to use you when, you, when it's time. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's when I went on, you know, the journey of picking out seminary. And because of all the guys I looked up to at the time were all RTS guys. I mean, literally. Yeah. My pastors at my church to L to my mentor to Cyril Trey, everybody around me. We're all RTS guys. I'm like, man, I want to be like those guys. I was going to ask RTS that. Was, was it a, like a, was it an easy sell? Was it, so with the PCA, was it an easy sell for you because of the guys that you looked up to or did, were there areas that you had to kind of like work through? Yeah. The piece, the piece, so I, I separate PCA and RTS. Okay. Um, the, the PCA, to answer your question, yes, it was an easier sell mm-hmm. because of the guys that I was around. Um, RTS was even easier because of that too. Right? I mean, I checked out like five different seminaries before I was before I actually went into applying. Um, but RTS was the only one that was going to give me a robust program that was affordable and that did had the hybrid program. Uh, so shout yeah. out to the hybrid program. And yeah. then um, yeah, and then yeah. So the PCA on top of that was also an easy because I had guys that I knew that were in the faith um, that was close to me that I looked up to that were peers of mine that were all PCA guys. So I'm like, yeah, I could I can rock with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, two things, uh, Rome, I just want to highlight from from a little bit of your story of how this uh, sense of call came to be realized. And I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's just really cool to see 
um, especially down there in Jackson, kind of the generational kind of progression, starting with Mike Campbell and uh, his mentorship of L and L bringing all cats like Cyril and Cyril <laughs> getting all up in the ear of a cat like Rome. And uh, that's not a coincidence. That's how the Lord usually operates, you know, yeah. uh, from generation to generation. And um, it's just beautiful to see that that was the case uh, with you. Um, and um, it's, it's also really cool to see that the power of just influence, like positive influence, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Seeing people that are like you culturally, uh, that, that line up with you theologically. Um, man, I tell people all the time, we all need somebody to look up to, man. We think Come that's on. just for kids, right? We think just nope. people to look, nah, we all need inspiration. We not all need someone as farther along um, the path than we are uh, yeah. to look up to, to aspire towards. And so brother, your, your story is just a testimony to that. So I praise the Lord for that, man. I really do. I really do. Man. So you were saying that now it's funny. It's funny. You mentioned that because, um, uh, one thing I didn't highlight was right before I moved to Mississippi, I was walking down the street to Alice's dorm and out of nowhere, I didn't, I don't know where this came from, but uh, I remember praying like, Lord, help me to become a man. Mm. And, um, mm. and then these two men out of nowhere, Jim Adams, who decided out of, just because this one that he took me up on his wing and it's so, so with L, right? I mean, okay. um, Lord really blessed me, man, with two men who I felt like you know, was showing me things from a very practical side, Jim Adams, but also from a theological side. Wow. L. Um, so yeah, I was, I've been blessed by, by good mentors and good men around me. So, mm -hmm. so you saying you prayed and the Lord answered it? Come on. Yes, I did, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning from that. I, I, I mean, uh, 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 won't he do it? Won't he, will. <laughs> Won't he will. Won't he will. Real talk. I mean, the Lord wants to bless us. Look, we ain't gonna preach tonight, but look, sometimes it'd be like the Lord, we gotta find the exact thing he want for us in our life. And that's when he's gonna answer yes. Now nah, the Lord, if the Lord's working in your heart, the things that he has in your heart, he's given to you to give back to him so that he can bless you with it. That's just how he yeah. works. And that's uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful testimony, brother. It's a beautiful testimony. So you ended up in this PCA world. Let's talk about that a little bit. What church yes. are you at now? Yep. Tell us about what what how you ended up where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I go to Christ Community Presbyterian Church out here in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, we meet right now at Farmington Ad Baptist Church in the basement, Sundays, nine. Um, how I find it, I, you know. So I mentioned that I was going to an Acts 29 church out in New Jersey. <laughs> Again, that was a recommendation from L. And um, and so when we moved to Hartford, we we're like, man, we like Acts 29. It, it's a Acts 29 is a church plan network. Mm -hmm. And and most of those churches are young churches that are growing. And so one thing that's about our family, we like to be a part of the initial makeup of a church because we like to get our hands and feet dirty. Mm -hmm. We want to be a part of the grind. We want to set stuff up. And so the first thing we did when we, we knew we were moving to um, Connecticut was like, let's find an Acts 29 church. Well, it just so happened that the Acts 29 church that we found was it was actually being dissolved. Um, mm. And that church was actually planted out of the church that we go to now. So when I connected with the pastor before I came, he meant he gave me five different churches to check out. And he was like, hey, if you want to, you know, you can check out my mother church. Uh, I think he had, a, I think he knew that his church wasn't as diverse. It was mm -hmm. a little, little classic, traditional. And being though being as I'm a young black guy who's reformed, you know, um, he gave me the the, the first five churches he gave me were reformed, and the last church he you know he was like, hey, you can check out this church if you want to. Yeah, so we we go we go check out these five churches, and y'all, when I tell y'all, I mean, it was not good. These, oh, these man. churches, have, 
These teachers were butchering the text. I'm like, bro, it's so simple. Just stick to the. All you gotta do is read the. Sometimes you gotta just read Paul. He preached by himself. You ain't gotta say nothing. Hey, look, look, come on. Stand up there and read. Hold up. You say that. I have been to worship services before in the black church where the pastor just read that text real good. And we just shouting. And that's That's it. That's That's it. Hey, come on, come on. Go ahead. Why you guys read that joint? Hey, my man, my man, he talked. I don't know what he, this is. It was a few churches. I'm like, man, I don't know what he's talking about. And then we had two experiences up here where the churches just didn't know how to handle black people. Mm. Um, wait, what you uh, 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 hold up? They didn't know how to handle black people. Please unpack that for us. Please. I was about to say, what does that mean exactly? So, so we, me, we can I'm guess, gonna, but I'm not gonna name any names. I'm not gonna, um, of course not. I'm not going to name any church names, whatever, but we get to this church and the guy's preaching on, this is what I mean. He's like, the Bible doesn't talk about having best friends. So it's wrong to have best friends. I'm like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> and so, um, and, and so, but his point was, hey, you should be connecting across different group segments, right? Uh, you shouldn't okay. be clicked up. Okay. So okay. I got what he was saying, but the way he was getting there was like a little off. So that's why mm-hmm. I, I didn't really write him off too much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at the end of the, at the, end of the church, um, this this lady, white lady, walks up to us, and Lisa and I. And by the way, this church is in the middle of nowhere. It's all white. It is one black lady, and the one black lady was invited by another white dude. And so we were, we literally the only black people there. Mm. And and Lisa's already tired because it's like pandemic. We're yeah. outside. It's white mm-hmm. folks. We in new state, new country. What that means? It's yeah. just feel weird. And um and so at the end of the, so we hear the sermon. We like whatever. At the end of the service, this lady comes up to us like, gotcha. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, see, I'm not being, I'm not being, um, I'm not showing favoritism. I'm like, what you mean? She's what the I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, mm. and then she's and she just kept going. I'm like, okay, all right. So we I kind of brushed that off. And <laughs> like a few sentences later, she says out of nowhere, hey guys, I want to tell y'all something. We're like, what's up? She said, you know, with all these race wars going right now. I haven't had not one single black person be mean to me. What? What? Uh, what, what? What? Why are you telling me this? What is? Where is this coming from? I'm I'm confused. Like I don't know this lady. Mm-hmm. She don't know me, and she doesn't want to. She just want to tell me, and Lisa and I, that black people have not been mean to her during these race wars. I'm like, okay, all right, um, okay. <laughs> and so that for us was like. Yeah, I, clearly you don't have any black friends. Clearly y'all haven't had any black folks come to this church. And yeah. based on the sermon and based on your reaction just now, this ain't for us. Hey, yeah, all all power to everyone goes there. But what mm-hmm. I mean by people, people don't know how to handle black people, I just think they don't they don't have a lot of black people in their context. Right. right. And so because of that, they they lack. Um, yeah. I got sociability with black people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just certain things you just, it's just you know, sensitivity. You know, yeah. 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 Exactly. And the, and, the, and the sad reality of that, I mean, praise the Lord, Rome, <clears throat> you, you know, you were strong in your faith and at least strong in your faith when y'all are coming. But what if you were not even a believer? You know what I'm exactly. saying? That's what people don't understand. Like I can yeah. weather that, right? <laughs> like I've been yeah. walking with Jesus for a long time. So I know how to take some of these lumps, but yeah. you're trying to bring Jesus to someone and they, they engage with that. And that, that could actually represent from them who Jesus is, right? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 cause them to not even want to give ear. And the reality, man, I've talked to a lot of people. I've been to a lot of churches, and a lot of these churches, that's not everybody. That's not even most of the people. Yeah, but mm. that's it's always that one. 
that think they know and absolutely <laughs> don't know. And they yeah. mess up. So just a little word to the churches out there. If you know who that person is, because some most of the people in the church know who it is, right? <laughs> they know, yeah. Lord have mercy. I see her walking up. Y'all need to learn Here how to go. intercept. Go I'm get her. Serious. Go get my her. White al- my white allies. Y'all know the people that ain't there yet. <laughs> if you see someone making a beeline towards a black sister or black brother, and you know they might come sideways, I, 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 you need to pray and ask the Lord whether he's calling you to intercept that. And I'm kind of joking, <laughs> but I'm kind of being serious because it's that mm. one conversation for someone, especially if they're not a believer, um, that that could be um, pretty bad for them. And and even not, it, it could be kind of pretty traumatic. And so, brother, I'm sorry yeah. that you and your wife had to experience that, but I'm grateful that the Lord did lead you to a place. And so that mm-hmm. place is again, yeah, Christ Community Presbyterian Church. Um, so we we, fi- we finally get to this church. And um, this church didn't have a church building, so they were meeting in the, in the pastor's backyard um, hmm. at the time. Um, and so we pull up, we get there, still predominantly uh, white context. We we automatically just have our, our ears up, you know, just get yeah. you on guard when you walk. Yeah. Um, so we sit down and we listen to, you know, we, we go through the service. And um, honestly, the dude was just faithful to the gospel. I mean, that's that's really why we're there. You know, you know mm. he was I, I had met with him already over the phone just because I, you know, I connected with all the pastors before we visited the church to check them out and see how they see what's going on there, you know, just to kind of learn a more, more about them. And um, yeah, when I connected with, with Rob and, and I went to his church, I was like, we're going to be here. You know, this, this may not have everything you prefer, mm-hmm. right? Worship, worship experience, worship style, or, um, you know, really high diversity, uh, but it is faithful to the gospel. You know, mm. the liturgy is, you know, solid and, and it's taking us through the gospel story every week. I can get with this. You know, I can mm-hmm. I can feel comfortable having my wife and my daughter grow up in this church, at least mm. for now. And because that was all that's all that's playing in the back of my mind. Like my, my daughter's going to be growing up here for at least yeah. the next five years. I'm trying to be a pastor. And so I need to find somewhere I can grow as someone that's willing to, you know, help me train. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, because that church had all that available to us, that's why we stuck around. So, and we've been blessed by it. You know, it's a small church, about eighty members. Okay. Um, you know, about three or four elders, four elders, uh, two pastor interns. Um, small church, but man, you know, we, we get it in with the gospel. And that's and that's why that's why I like about it. What's the racial makeup like? Your family? Yes, yeah, so my family. So it's it's what four black people out of eighty. Okay. Uh, yeah, so and uh, that's not counting your family. No, that is counting my family. So three of y'all are in your family. Oh yeah, so, okay, three. Yeah, so me, okay. December, and Elise. Uh-huh. Um, then there's then there's a, two other black women. Sorry, two other black women. Okay. And if you want to count one of those black women's daughters. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the so kids it's, it's count. One us. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Yeah. And now, just, how how has it been interacting with? you know, your fellow church members is, is there areas where you're saying, okay, there's growth here, but I'm going to show some grace or do they fit, are, are they pretty educated on your culture? Educated? I don't think so. Um, but they've been extremely open-minded. Um, mm. I haven't really, I haven't, honestly, I haven't bumped, bumped up to anything that really has um, given me pause. Okay. I think it's partially due to the fact that the pastor, he's the one who's most educated. He's like all about, you know, diversity, inclusion, right. or, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's the one sort of pioneering some of the racial efforts at the church. Yeah. And so it, 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 
for me, it didn't feel like I had to wear all that on my shoulders because he had mm-hmm. already been doing the work before I got there. Praise the Lord. And, you know, mm-hmm. for me to be there was like, okay, I'm glad he's here because he can kind of, he can help me, you know, sort of speak, speak in a way that I couldn't speak for in, in, in the past mm-hmm. from my, from my pastor's perspective. Um, so we have, while we haven't bumped up against anything, there are clear differences, right? I mean, like culturally speaking, like when yeah. you're in a, even when you're in Bible study, you, you're voicing out, hey, here's some things I struggle with. And these things don't even resonate at all with the yeah. person next to you because right. they're from a completely different context. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you probably feel most tension, but I haven't really, I haven't come across any real conversations in the church, maybe outside the church, not in the church that has given me pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's at the time people, people ask a lot of questions. I preached one Sunday and I just unloaded about prisons and, mm. uh, and, and the racial makeup of our prisons, how, yep. how racist prisons are. And mm-hmm. how shout, out, shout out to Michelle Alexander. Go ahead. Come on. Yep. Yep. And a lot of this stuff I based on her book too. Um, and people were like curious, like, man, I didn't know that. Can we can we talk more? Can we meet up? And mm. you know, so some of that can be a little burdensome, but I would mm-hmm. I respect and appreciate people weren't like, oh man, that's crazy talk. It's not racist. People were like, I recognize there's a problem. I'm not sure how to figure out all the answers, but I'm glad you're here. Can you help me figure it out? Mm. So, I, w- I wish we had Annalise at the table tonight. Um, but I, I will <laughs> ask you, how's it been? How has it been from her from from what she shared with you and what you've observed? Um, you know. Because I, 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 I do check on her a lot because um, I know that's important. You know, one of the things she has, which um, is that she's been able to find a lot of, you know, family in the church, which which, is not, which I oh, appreciate. Awesome. Um, I think I think part of it is we, we expect it not to have a lot of diversity. The makeup of Connecticut is like the country where mm-hmm. it's 10 to 15 percent black. Um, okay. and, and so it's it's hard to find a church that's really multi-ethnic unless you go to a black church where then you have a black right, church, right? Right. Um, and so we all, we already came in there with that mindset. And so we kind of got together like, Hey, we're going to just, we're going to plug in and we're going to plug in as much as we can. And she's been able to do that. Um, like I said, when she goes to Bible study though, and she's saying things like, yeah, you know, I struggle with this X thing. And they're like, I don't even know what you're referring to. That's mm. what she feels most of the tension. Yeah, but you know, in terms of like, for example, the pastor's wife, her, her, her and Alice connect often. They found they found a lot of camaraderie there. Um, she's she's um, involved in the women's ministry um, in and out because of her schedule. But yeah, I, I think from the conversations we've had, she seemed to be able to plug in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, she's been able to plug in, but it's 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 just it's not it's not quite the same. You know, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean by that. And what do you do? What do you do when you need to be able to offload on, you know, whatever onto someone who can actually relate to you? Is there a place where you guys go? Is there a group of people that you guys have? Is there your, do you have your, your, your yeah, people? Yeah, I call Cyril and Trey. Okay. We have on the FaceTime. I know y'all be talking in. on FaceTime. <laughs> y'all be getting in. And at least, you know, we got, we got friends that are outside the church that we, we, we link up with. There's a the couple, the black woman and her husband that couple we're close to so we link up with them we talk about stuff um um so yeah we i feel like we have our we have our outlets outside the church not in the church mm-hmm. and gotcha. that's important we try to keep those relationships alive before that very reason yeah well rome in a second i want to i want to give uh, uh you an opportunity to let the folks know how they can get in touch with you in case they want to hear more of the rome story and they want to follow you and your ministry trajectory um yeah. so we'll, we'll do that in a moment um but I guess the the main question is like, what is next for you? Like you you're in the at a PCA church now, interning mm-hmm. you're in seminary. 
what's next, bro? Yeah, man, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure that Loading. out. Loading. Yeah. Um, you know, right now it's all about training and, and training well. Yeah. Uh, making sure that I'm learning and, and gathering as much as I can. And then flexing as much as I can, too. Like, so as much opportunity as I can to preach and lead small group or, you know, yeah. evangelize. I'm trying to take as much advantage of that as possible. Um, having conversations, though, about the next things, right? And mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. about connecting soon. But yeah, the idea of planting an RUF on the HBCU campus is very very compelling um, there you go <laughs> you know janelle out, out here excited about that. that i love it go ahead um planting a you know a black church is compelling too um mm. wait wait you we, said planting a black church oh yeah oh yeah in, in the pca in the pca in the PCA. <laughs> that's what you want to do <laughs> Charles got sirens going off in his head. Hey, li- li- <laughs> no, I mean, but I think this is this is this is this is important. I wanna I wanna pause there for a second, man. So like you you've had a, you're having a positive experience overall mm-hmm. in, in your current context, where yep. you are overwhelmingly um, a minority in that space, and I praise the Lord for that. Um, and the reality is that you could think about church planting and plant a church and have an opportunity from the beginning to make it even more diverse than Mm -hmm. even what your current church is. What is it that's driving you to say, nah, but I really think I need to plant a church that's a a Black church? I guess the first question would be, what do you mean by a Black church? And Mm -hmm. then second of all, why do you feel like there's a need for that um, in this particular time? Yeah, so let me me, me give a caveat. So while I'm I'm not against, you know, I'm not against a multi-ethnic church, and mm-hmm. I, it's like I'm not, I'm not against even being when being at RUF on a predominantly white campus, right? A PWI. Yeah. But as I think about, as I think about what the people I've met, they what they need, yeah. they need representation. They need folks that look like them, that can speak their language, and that can relate to them. Mm-hmm. And so, for the few folks that I've been brought to my church, I felt that you know that 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 weird feeling like I'm not sure how they're going to connect, and I'm not sure how people connect with them. Um, so I think there needs to be a space um, for sure where people can feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. When I say when I say black church, I'm I'm saying a, a church that's planted in a in a, in a, in a black context, gotcha. where inevitably there will be a, a majority black uh, congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'm thinking about, I'm ministering to people who look like me. Uh, this is because I feel like we we could benefit a lot from the from the Presbyterian poly system yeah um and and so yeah but that's that's, that's what i'm thinking about that's when i that's what yeah. i when mm-hmm. i think about black church so that's, that's that's what my mind goes to um even when i think about writing I'm, i want to write in a way that writes to people that look like me that talk that's my right. language yeah i'm um, not saying i don't care about my white brothers just love them but i think there there needs to it has to be a need I mean, it has to be um an opportunity for people that look like me who speak my language to hear and get some of the good theology that i have not saying that we don't really have it God knows we have it, but it's yes, also right. adding into that and being another voice in that space. So that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. I appreciate you sharing a little bit of your heart on that. And uh, like you said, you're still in the season of preparation. And you know, the Lord, yep. he does all kinds of things. He can hit you with a little little crossover real quick. You don't even know. He'll break your ankles. He yep. hit me a couple crossovers and broke my ankles. Um, but the reality, Lord, um, uh, Rome, is that, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited about where the Lord has you right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that he's leading you uh, to feel free enough to say, you know what? 
I'm cool. Like this, I'm being blessed in my situation. I'm good. I'm at an all white church. I'm hearing the gospel. I'm receiving it. And at the same time, I really just feel like the Lord is leading me uh, to, to more laser focus my long-term ministry uh, to be contextualized for my kinsmen according to the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So yeah, um, yeah. Blessings to you yep. on that. So how can mm-hmm. the folks get up with Rome if they want to? Yeah, man. IG. I think Instagram is the best place. Um, yep, yep. Jerome yep. underscore Douglas Jr. Um, on Instagram. So that's Jerome underscore Douglas Jr. Um, so I think that's the best place to get, get in contact with me. Uh, follow me on my journey. I post a lot about you know, seminary and what I experienced. And I mean, some sermons and some sermons. I, mm-hmm. I post a little sermons. I'm trying to be, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be an influencer now. I'm, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm also thinking about, you know, creating a page where, you know, again, going back to that black experience where I can give from Genesis to Revelation and just solid biblical theology, walking through text for folks that sound like, that look like me, that talk my language. Uh, so they can have access to man understanding what the Bible is saying, what's the cohesive story, what's the what, what is the gospel, um, and I, I I've already started the page. That's Rev under, underscore Rome, Rev underscore Rome. You want to follow that too? So that's how you can contact okay. me. Okay, that's what's up, Rome. We'll put that in the show notes for sure, man. Look, I'm so grateful. Man, I'm serious that we got you on the pod today. People have been saying, you got to talk to my man, Jerome, and we've been trying to get up. Uh, yep. So it's crazy. This is I'm hearing a lot of this for the first time myself, and um, I know we, we, you and I are going to chop it up in a couple weeks anyway. Um, but, yep. man, it's just a blessing to be with you um, mm-hmm. and uh, for you to be willing to be so honest and transparent about your experience um, in a way uh, that hopefully for our listeners was primarily encouraging for them. And also maybe in some good and healthy ways, challenging for some folks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just excited to see the next chapter in the, the Jerome and Annalise book uh, yep. that the Lord is writing <laughs> up. And uh, we're just excited to be with you on this journey, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's all- Go ahead. Now, I was, I was going to say one quick word, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I mentioned that my, my experience so far has been more on the positive side. And I get that's not everyone's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys ask me what my outlet is, man. I listen to Between the Pew for that reason. I love okay. y'all talk about just the <laughs> Black experience. And man, y'all bless me. So, man, I love what y'all do. I've been praying for y'all. Oh, um, man. Y'all got one listener that, that's that's like itching for the next episode to come out. So, um, hey. man, God bless what y'all doing. And, Ooh, and we need and, to get to editing. Up, man. <laughs> Look. Uh, 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 he has not been paid for that comment. Like, no, he at, all. Uh, at all. But we appreciate, we appreciate that brother. Like, that's I mean, that's the thing. What's so crazy. Look, like I, I used to hear people cause I listen to podcasts too. And people be on podcasts talking about like all gushing over people listening and how encouraging uh, their comments are. And I'm just like, they just saying that, you know what I'm saying? But now that we're on the other side of it, it's like, this is literally why we do it. Mm-hmm. For the folks out there that sometimes feel like they're either all by themselves mm-hmm. or that they're just one of a few mm-hmm. to have a space where it's just a breath of fresh air. We just want this to be a breath of fresh air to exactly. you, your situation, and uh, hope that it bless you. Yeah, we hope people that in churches, particularly, you know, some of our, um, our, our white brothers and sisters and uh, brothers and sisters of other uh, ethnic and racial backgrounds to learn and to be able to hear voices uh, so that the pressure is not put on the, 
one or two black folks at their church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main reason we do this is for our black brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Just to feel like, okay, I'm not by myself. Mm-hmm. And if we can, you know me, I'm trying to make people laugh a little bit. So I bring a little joy, <laughs> bring a little joy to people's lives. So thank you again. Yeah. And as always, you, a big, a big thank you to you, my sister Janelle, mm. uh, for, for helping produce this and co-host this. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners out there, especially our day ones. We love y'all. <laughs> and we trust that this has definitely blessed y'all for real today. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. And to follow AAM, be sure to visit our website website at aampca.org aampca.org and follow us up on the socials at eight at dang i can talk i said you good, eight, you good brother eight 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 eight, <laughs> at eight at aampca at aampca see y'all next week <laughs>